Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Bonnie Hageman is the CEO of EDA, an established global human capital brand with marquee clients and access to the top of the house. Since 1982, EDA has been in the business of ensuring their clients' talent is their competitive advantage, which historically they have done through premium executive development tied to strategy, But since 2012, they have also been in the tech lab. Hence, the future of EDA is talent, technology, and trade. Bonnie is also the author or co-author of a number of books, including Leading with Vision, The Leader's Blueprint for Creating a Compelling Vision and Engaging the Workforce, and The Courage to Advance, Real Life Resilience from the World's Most Successful Women in Business. And a lot like me, she's also the host of a podcast, Real Life, Real Leaders. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you, Ed. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, as I said, you've authored books, you've hosted podcasts. You and I are so much similar. I gave a brief little introduction of you at the beginning, and I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing and how you're currently interacting in the marketplace. I would love to. So I am the CEO, as you said, of EDA, and that um, is we do some really exciting work. We work at the top of the house. So top 5% of medium to large organizations, we help them develop their senior executives and CEOs and sometimes board members. And so that might be through C-suite coaching. It might be a whole executive education program, or it could be succession planning, you know, anything that has to do with that. And then we have our new technology, which is uh, we're rolling out our first big platform uh, in February. We've had lots of platforms out there in little bits and pieces, but now we'll have our first. It's called EDA Surveys. It's designed to make culture visible to the leaders, the board and the investors, and to do that by being the one stop shop for all enterprise wide surveys. So that rolls out at the end of February. We're super excited about that. And then um, I also am the co-founder and co-chair of a network of women who completed board governance programs at Harvard Business School. And today we started in uh, 2018 with the network. And today we have over 200 members from 23 countries. And they're very high profile and lots of big boards. And so we're, we're excited about what's going on with the network. 
Wow, sounds fantastic. And I'm especially interested in the EDA survey tool that you're going to be launching in February, because I believe culture plays a significant role in respect to bravery at work. Uh, if your culture is a culture which there are not many that exist that supports bravery and looks and rewards and recognizes and role models bravery, your likelihood for being brave is greater. If you work in a culture that doesn't like bravery and doesn't want people to say what they're experiencing or have very structured ways to do it that kind of kill the momentum, you're not going to have people saying, and I'm just curious, based on your experience, uh, how visible has culture been to these leaders, the investors, the board, the CEO and other senior leaders? Is it visible to them? Is it invisible to them? And you know, what is your hope in bringing this tool to the marketplace? Well, you know, I agree completely with what you're saying about culture, and it, it's it's crucial to have the right culture. And especially today, you know, we're going through this great resignation. And if we do not create what we call it compelling cultures, then um, if people are go going to go elsewhere. We're, we're seeing that happen in droves. But, um, you know, we, we just think it plays a really a key role. And as far as how visible it has been, we don't think it's been very visible at all. All we've really had is our culture surveys or engagement surveys to show us. And then just sort of that look and feel of the organization, you know, sort of um, that we, I don't know what, it's sort of esoteric, you know, it, it's, we just feel it. And so um, we use the definition of culture that Peter Drucker used because it's the simplest one I can find, which is it's just the way we do things around here. <laughs> You know, that's what culture is. And you cannot norm culture. You can't go to another company and say, that's the culture we want. We're going to come over here. You can't do it. It's impossible. Try it. I mean, that Southwest Airlines used to say that, you know, like I'm not worried about American Airlines because they can't repeat our culture. And so it's not been very visible. They can't. It's hard to see, like, you know, if something's going wrong in a pocket, it's hard to see that. And so we're trying to, that's our objective is to make that visible. And then the boards and the investors, the, they only get access what the CEO and C-suite team allow them to have access to. And so we feel like with board governance becoming more sophisticated, that it's, it's important that the board knows, has a high level on culture because they will be held accountable for it. And, and it's not fair to make them accountable if they can't see it. Well, if you look back on the news in the most recent two years, there have been key leadership issues completely surrounding culture, right? Bad culture that has been created by leaders saying bad things, doing bad things. And, you know, if you think you can hide in a bad culture or that a bad culture will never surface, I think that's a poor investment of time and energy because it will surface. It will service. And, and the problem is today and in the past, by the time it surfaces, it's a big deal. It and is a big deal. We want to catch that much sooner and be, make a way for the CEOs to, to create a conducive environment and to fix problems before they get they really become problems. Well, the most visible ones that we have seen recently, uh, it has become the CEO's issue because it's typically has been the CEO has, who has been exited from the company. You know, unfortunately, sometimes with golden handshakes, but uh, have been exited from the company because of the culture that, you know, top down they have allowed to exist, et cetera. I'm curious in the clients that you've worked with or in thinking about the EDA survey, uh, words like bravery or courage or conflict navigation, you know, these are all terms that people kind of intermingle. Is that something that you heard from 
clients that they wanted to know more about or get a better sense of is, you know, where does that play a role in the work that you're doing? Well, I think what employees do really want culture to be visible because they want the leaders to understand what's going on, where they're unhappy, where things are not working well. And, you know, and I do want to back up and say also, sometimes the bad culture is the CEO. That's the problem. And so if that's the problem, then they're going to block that from the board. And so that's another reason we're trying to make a way for boards to be able to see culture. And we have to do this with CEOs endorsing it because otherwise they're going to block the EDA surveys from getting in the company. So it's it's sort of a tricky issue. But um, we certainly have found that employees, leaders, uh, you know, they do want culture to be visible so that they can they can surface things in a more systematic way because you know there definitely are issues in every company and we need a systematic way to unearth those issues well as a former hr leader i'm curious uh are the eda survey results something everyone sees there's no internal editing by the ceo or leadership so example when the report comes out if I'm on the board or if I'm an investor or if I'm the CEO, we all click on the same button and we all see the same thing. Well, you'll see versions of the same thing and they will not be able to edit the results. So the way it ha- the way w- the technology works is we're gathering data from across the organization in real time at all times. And so we ha- so not only are we we have all your surveys. So every department, so everything, first of all, we want to be HR and leadership development's best friend because that's our space. So we're putting all of our great stuff in there. You know, we have a great culture survey. We have a great 360. We're putting all that in there um, for them to use, but, but also pulling from sales and customers and, you know, we're, we're pulling across the board, but if the company chooses, we will also have AI. So artificial intelligence that will be gathering data through comments, through uh, chat, email patterns, not, you know, in the, you can't get to the individual in the technology because we protect the individual, but you can get down to the team level. And so, so all of that data is feeding up into these dashboards there. You would not be able to manipulate it. Got it. Well, I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes on the tool because I believe culturally that in order for bravery to uh, live and exist within organizations, it has to be acknowledged, it has to be role modeled, it has to be recognized, it has to be rewarded, and it'll never get there unless culturally we believe this is something that we should do. So I hope your EDA survey is a big success and that uh, you know CEOs don't run and hide because they don't want people to know what things really are like at their organization. Exactly. Our goal is to do it with CEOs. We want them to enjoy this as well. Well, and, you know, uh, I would also say as a former HR leader that a CEO who embraces it and says, look, I want to do this because I don't think our culture is how it should be, or I have concerns about some things that I've been observing is more likely to succeed than someone who avoids, 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 and finally the board comes in or the investors and says, look, you may or may not want to do this, but we want you to do this, right? So I think in a CEO who embraces it and welcomes it, even if it's not perfect, and it never will be, right? I've never seen a survey come back where everything is all fives. Yeah, it's impossible. Right. So uh, you need to embrace it and uh, work with it. 
Well, and to that point, you know, I've coached over 200 CEOs and C-suite leaders. And I can tell you just further to further your point is that the CEOs who resist and who block and all of that are the ones who don't last. They will not last. Eventually they will get surfaced and they will get fired. What works is even if there's a big problem in the culture, if the CEO is authentic, open, honest, not defensive, and willing to dive in and say, hey, I just, I've just become aware or however they surface it, that this is here, I'm going to dive in and I'm, we're going to fix it. You know, if they do that with their board, much more likely to go the long term. It's sort of like the, the physicians. You know, uh, there's a lot of research out there that a physician with a good bedside manner who actually technically probably only spends about three minutes more than the other doctors with their patients, three minutes. But the ones who have it are much less likely to get sued, even if they're not the best. So the best surgeons in the world can be getting sued because they're jerks. And, you know, so it's like that with CEOs, like it just be authentic, say you'll fix it, get in there, fix it. And your boards will have a lot of patience for that. Well, it uh, visually reminds me uh, I'm somewhat of a golfer and, you know, most golfers hate to get videotaped of their golf swing because they don't want to see how it is that they're really hitting the ball. They have this mental image. And, uh, you know, of course, most times you get videotaped. It's horrible what you see. Right. So that's what CEOs, they don't want people to know what it is that may really be going on. And of course, there are people who say, look, if that's how I swing, that's how I swing. Let's videotape it. That's the only way that I can acknowledge it. And that's the only way that I can work on things that can improve my game, right? So I think it's very, very similar. So in the work that you do, and it sounds as though, Bonnie, you have done a lot of work with CEOs and with organizations. When you think of bravery, you know, are there any particular words or phrases that come to mind? Yes. Um, the, the biggest one is courage. You know, I do, we do a lot of talking about courage. I think it's one of the most important pieces of having a compelling culture as a leader. Like you have to be courageous to create the compelling culture. And, you know, I, the are well, one of the things that I think we've learned through COVID is that we are sort of herd animals. Like we like to be with people. And so we feel uncomfortable, depressed, sad, you know, it, it, it has all these emotional reactions when we become isolated. And so that is part of our limbic brain system. And our limbic brain system is that fight or flight that we have inside of us. And courage requires that you push past your limbic brain system. And so what I talk about when I do uh, leadership talks is I, I'll say, you know, just imagine that there is a African plain with a huge tree in the distance and a herd of elephants underneath it. And there's a young elephant, teenager type out away from the herd. And I, I'll ask the audiences now, why do you think that young elephant is out there away from the herd? And, you know, you get all kinds of answers. They're curious. They're trying to be brave and protect everybody, you know, and all of that. But the bottom line is what's happening is that young elephant is in timeout. 
And the matriarch of the herd is holding that young elephant out with its eyes. Like it faces the young elephant and it holds it out there. And when it's had due punishment, it gets to come back in the herd. And the reason that that is punishment is because as a herd animal, it's not safe. And that's what happens to us. When we step out of the herd and do something different, we're not safe. And so that's our brain tries to keep us back. And and so bravery at work requires stepping out of the herd. There's a story in the book that the new book, Courage to Advance, of one of the women who had to be a whistleblower. And, you know, that requires extreme bravery. Uh, it does require extreme, extreme bravery to be a whistleblower. And your story about the elephant you know, also reminds me of that picture that we see when folks talk about leadership development, which I think correlates to bravery of, you know, a, a photo from the sky of a wolf pack. And they ask you, where do you think the leader is? And, you know, everyone thinks the leader is at the front. And in reality, the reader is at the back. And of course, they are a very herd based animal. And they're at the back making sure that everyone gets there. Right. We all think a leader is being at the head of the pyramid. And in fact, you know, they're at the front and the weakest animals are typically up front because they're having the hardest time, you know, making progress. So I think very similar story. So courage uh, is one word. Any other words, Bonnie, that you think of when you think about bravery at work? The other thing that I think about is just sort of mental fortitude. You know, there's a there's a strength on the inside. So there's courage. You know, that's like I'm making myself step out. But there's also sort of a, a piece that's on the inside that says I, I can get through this no matter what a, a bit of self-confidence, I guess. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be born with a lot of self-confidence. You just have to reframe things in your mind until you can get to that place. You, and what I mean by that is sometimes, sometimes we'll be thinking about something one way. And when we reframe it a different way, it looks different. And so what I do when I'm struggling to be brave or, or to do anything, and I'm really struggling to get there, I'll reframe, reframe, reframe until I get to the place where it feels like, oh, this is the way that I can get in. I can feel confident about that. Yeah, most people don't, most people don't reframe in respect to uh, thinking about how to navigate through stuff effectively. Yeah, and I can give you an example. You know, like I... You know, people's number one fear is public speaking. Well, I, I do public speaking and you, the, I had trouble the, when the stages started getting bigger. I was having some trouble not being just petrified. <laughs> and so um, I, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard someone saying, you know, treat when you're when you're nervous like that or when you're having people at your home or at your workplace that are high level and it's making you nervous. Just um, consider it like your living room. And so I started doing that. And so now when I get on the stage, I, oh, I tell myself before I get there, this is my house. This is my living room. I'm inviting everyone in here. And so I'm the hostess. And also they're my, they're my guest. And then I treat it like one big coaching group coaching session. So I just reframed it into a way that felt comfortable. So that's an example. Well, I think that's a great lesson for our listeners, this idea of resetting context, right? Reframing. I don't think a lot of people do that 
or maybe they reframe once and if that doesn't work, they move on, but it might take multiple times. But you know, how do I uh, modify what it is that I'm feeling or experiencing so I can stabilize it, right? And move forward in very, very productive ways. Well, it looks as though you have overcome that either fear or intimidation that you may have experienced in uh, getting up in front of people. Yes, I, f- I think I've conquered it. Fantastic. Well, Bonnie, it has been great speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your time and thoughts and good luck in the rollout of your tool in February. If folks want to hear more about you or your business, how can they best get in touch with you? Well, you can go to our website. It will be changing soon because of our new, we'll have a new one with tech. Currently it's executivedevelopment.com, but you can also find me on LinkedIn. Please reach out. Love for you to come there. Follow us on the podcast and on LinkedIn, and I will be happy to connect with them. Fantastic. Bonnie, thank you so much again. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Capit Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CapitRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. If you have something to say, yet are not saying it. If you have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.